What's up, my fellow history nerds, and welcome back to Adult History. I'm very excited for today's episode, and I didn't realize how interesting it was. As always, I'm super excited to share my love of history in a new and entertaining way. This podcast is going to cover a few things that you've learned in history class, but a lot of the things you didn't. I'm Christiane, and this is Adult History. start this off with a warning. This episode contains graphic descriptions of racism, torture, and murder, which is not suitable for young children. This evening's lesson is the story of Madame LaLaurie, the famous New Orleans serial killer from the 19th century. Known for her cruel and torturous treatment of her slaves, Madame LaLaurie has been talked about in folklore for centuries. But before we get into the shocking and gruesome lesson, let's make something to take the edge off. Our historically themed cocktail for this evening is called a Sazerac. This drink was created during the time of Madame LaLaurie in New Orleans. It became wildly popular during the 1830s as New Orleans' version of the old-fashioned. As always, you'll need ice. Go ahead and add it to your glass and your shaker. You're going to need two ounces of cognac, a dash of absinthe, one sugar cube, two dashes of Peychaud bitter, or whatever bitters you have, and lemon peel for garnish. Add these to the shaker, shake, pour, and garnish with the lemon peel. Sip and enjoy. All right, history nerds, let's get started. We will begin with the early life of Delphine LaLaurie. She was born Delphine McCarthy on March 19, 1787, in New Orleans. The McCarthy family was very wealthy and considered socialites in the community. When Delphine was very young, the Haitian Revolution broke out, and this caused fear of slave rebellion in the States. This directly impacted Delphine as her grandfather was killed by his own slaves in an uprising. Most slaveholders harshened their punishment of their slaves as a direct result of this revolution. This could be one of the reasons Delphine gained such a hate for slaves and led to some of her gruesome punishments as an adult. Delphine would marry her first husband, that's right I said first, in 1800, but only four years later he would die only a few days before the birth of their daughter. In 1808, Delphine married her second husband, a prominent banker and businessman in New Orleans at the time. They would go on to have four children together, however, her second husband, you guessed it, died in 1816. Not a great string of luck for Delphine, it seems. However, in 1825, she would marry her third and, well, final husband, a New Orleans physician named Leonard Louis Nicolas LaLaurie, thus assuming her final and most well-known name of Madame LaLaurie. Now, Delphine was not by any means a meek or mild lady. She was strong-willed and independent, and in 1831, she bought property at 1140 Royal Street, and it was in her own name. 
A year later, she had a two-story mansion built on the property which included attached slave quarters. This mansion is the well-known Lollary Mansion that you've heard about. Let's take a quick break. Now back to the lesson. Okay, so we know that Delphine's life had started with a long string of sad events. And as we often see, our main character became bitter and evil in her sadness and anger. And we also know none of these events that affected her are any excuse for the cruel and murderous events that took place in the Lollary Mansion. Rumors about Delphine's treatment of her slaves traveled throughout the social life class in New Orleans. People talked about seeing her slaves looking, quote, haggard and wretched. But in public, Delphine always seemed polite towards black people and caring towards her slaves. But, oh no, this folks was obviously just an act, which most of you suspected anyway. The rumor of Delphine's abuse was so well known that New Orleans actually sent a lawyer to her mansion to remind her of the laws regarding treatment of slaves. You know, because that was a thing. The lawyer, however, found no evidence of abuse or mistreatment at the household. Seems like Delphine was good at covering her tracks, but court records show the death of at least 12 slaves on the property, including children. The deaths were not ruled suspicious or having occurred in a violent manner, but we're just going to assume that she was good at covering that up as well. But just like most other serial killers, she couldn't hide her evil forever. The first real account of murder where Delphine was actually charged happened in 1833. The story goes that a young slave girl had been brushing Delphine's hair when she hit a tangle. Furious, Delphine grabbed a whip to punish the girl. The girl was seen running from Delphine on the roof of the mansion and she actually fell to her death. Delphine tried to hide her body in a well, but it was too late. The girl's tragic fall to her death was witnessed by a neighbor and the police were called. The authorities thought a just punishment for this murder and cover-up was to find Delphine Lollary and force her to sell nine of her slaves. But our conniving main character of course found a way around this punishment. Delphine arranged for her slaves to be sold to friends and family members. She then snuck them back into the mansion on Royal Street in the dark of night. I can't imagine the terror of being returned to such an evil person. The slaves that were kept by Delphine endured extreme torture and punishment, and this all came to a breaking point. In 1834, a 70-year-old female slave who was chained to a kitchen stove set fire in an attempt at suicide. She would survive the fire and tell her story to authorities. They were dispatched to 1140 Royal Street, and the mansion was engulfed in flames. Delphine was found trying to save all of her furniture without worry of her slaves getting out safely, and, well, who knows if she even cared about her children at that point. Bystanders went in searching for the slaves to bring them to safety, but what they found instead was a locked door. When Delphine refused to give the men the keys to the locked attic, they broke the door down on their own, and what they found behind that door was straight out of a horror movie. We'll be right back. Now back to the lesson. Seven slaves were found more or less horribly mutilated, suspended by the neck with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other, and the slaves claimed to have been in prison there for some months. A local judge who helped break down the door stated that he found a female slave wearing an iron collar and an elderly woman with a very deep gash on her head. Other accounts from the time said that the slaves were emaciated, showing signs of being flayed with a whip, were bound in restrictive postures, 
and wore spiked iron collars which kept their heads in static positions. I can't even imagine. While these awful and disgusting discoveries are enough to turn your stomach, the stories that have continued to circulate in the years after further exaggerate the torture. The following accounts are extremely gruesome. A 1946 book states that male slaves were found stark naked, chained to the wall, their eyes gouged out, their fingernails pulled off by the roots. Others had their joints skinned and festering, great holes in their buttocks where the flesh had been sliced away, their ears hanging by shreds, their lips sewn together. Intestines were pulled out and knotted around naked waists. There were holes in the skulls where a rough stick had been inserted to stir the brains. Another book written in 1998 further embellished the tale stating that a victim who obviously had her arms amputated and skin peeled off in a circular pattern, making her look like a human caterpillar and another who had her limbs broken and reset at odd angles so she resembled a human crab. While a lot of these embellished stories can be chalked up as folklore, we don't know the true depths of Delphine's evil. The neighbors had had enough of Delphine and her family's disgusting behavior, and following the discovery of the torture chamber, a mob formed outside the mansion and eventually resulted in the violent destruction of the property. It is said that Delphine and her husband escaped to France with their children, leaving their butler, who had also participated in the torture and murder, to face the wrath of the angry mob. The mansion was left in ruins until 1838, when a new owner tore down the remains and rebuilt a new house on the property. So the house you see today is not the actual Lollery Mansion. However, I'm sure the energy of what occurred on the property still remains. New Orleans is, after all, the most haunted city in the United States, and I think we can all agree that this title makes sense. I hope you learned something from today's lesson. Although it was full of torture and murder and mistreatment of minorities, it's important for us to learn about these disgusting acts of racism and mistreatment so we don't repeat them in the future. If you are further interested in Delphine LaLaurie, you can see her played by Kathy Bates in season two of American Horror Story titled Coven. It recounts a Hollywood take on the witches and magic as well as the history surrounding the city of New Orleans. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode where we learn about Boudicca, the queen of the British Celtic Iceni tribe as she fought ruthlessly to protect her people from the invasion of the Roman Empire. Today's lesson was written and edited by Christiane, and all music for this podcast was created by Corey Miller. You can also find today's lesson sources on our Facebook page at Adult History.